Hello and welcome to another episode of the His and Hers Boxing Podcast. My name is Lee Costello and I'm joined by Neve Campbell. Hola, everybody. Hi, we're in with the accents and uh, language barriers straight away today. But uh, loads and loads of boxing to talk to you about, loads of news. Uh, I was just saying before this podcast, it, the podcast it's just so much easier to do now that there's actual boxing on and actual boxing worth talking about. There's a structure. On. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I just know... I don't even. I do have things written down because I'm I'm, prof- I'm a professional. Uh, yeah. Uh, Show I notes. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to. Uh, I really don't even need it written down. You know, to talk about things that happen at the weekend. You know, it's fresh in my head. Uh, and a lot of really exciting, a lot of really surprising things, and a lot of disappointing things too. Eric Donovan. Um, I can know. I could actually cry. I think I did cry. About I don't think I've actually ever been as emotionally involved in a fight. I was just so. It was just like. He just boxed so so well, and you knew for him to beat uh, Zelfa Barat that like he would have had to have boxed out of his skin, like I mean, into levels of people that no one thought he was capable of. But we were all really hopeful that he would be capable of because there were so many things against him. You know, I mean, like he's thirty five. Hold on, I never thought he wasn't capable of Zelfa Barat beating Zelfa Barat. He was. I don't know. On I, on. I know, but you're saying people thought he wasn't capable. I knew he was capable. I was knew. Like, I'm just saying people say that didn't. Like, if you look at the bookies, everyone I thought know, that I he know. was going to lose. But where are the dreamers and the believers, Lee? I didn't say we. Fuck. See, I'm the spontane- spontaneous, spontaneous, spontaneous one in this uh, sort of arrangement. I don't have show notes. I just shuffle the page every once in a while <laughs> to make it sound like I'm busy and you're proper structured. And that's why it works. That's me. We're Mr. Organized. But sure. back, back to uh, Eric. Um, he just he did so so well um, yeah, he outboxed out Alpha yeah, for he, every round bar one and obviously then until he got knocked out like uh-huh. I, I, but you could see it, it, was, it you were on your edge the entire fight because every time Zelfa you know threw one of them left hooks and it would like either catch um, Eric's just sort of on the shoulders on the arms yeah. or even you know kind of blocked or even the ones that you know he missed were because uh, Eric's head movement was brilliant you know and he was always bobbing and weaving out of the corner and stuff but there was just so much like power in them and the snap of them and you couldn't help but feel like snap could, it really it really will only take one of them the lamb is the only thing and it's so unfortunate because he was he was building such a wide uh, like points win you know yeah. a gap it, it was like oh my god he's not even going to win he's, he's actually going to hammer him yeah you know like points ways we're talking points ways yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- really outclass him I don't mean to make like a lazy like the lazy man's comparison here but Zelfa is a bit Deontay Wilder asking that, isn't it? It's oh like, no, you know, I, I think he's a lot more well, structured a lot more, and a no, better boxer. No, he's a lot more skillful. But it's one of those things where it was like Eric Donovan was out boxing him, and it was like, yeah, but if you get hit with that one sort of left hook, if you, if you was, have the equalizer, you know what I mean. You, you can never just rely on it because you'll you'll only ever be an average boxer if, if that's all you've got. Um, yeah. But if you've got the you know the skills, the ability, and the heart, and then you've got that in your uh you know in your pocket as well, just another like string to your bow sort of thing. Um, and, and fair play to him all credit to him you know he was down in the cards he had to dig deep and he had to come up with something uh, to really pull himself out of deep deep waters because make no mistake you know I mean Eddie Hearn said afterwards that like oh it wouldn't have been career ended and things like that but psh, I don't know because he already I, has that loss on his record and I appreciate though like you know whenever you're talking about the characteristics of boxers and what'll make a good boxer I appreciate that he did acknowledge it whenever it was over he was like I really didn't like my performance there mm-hmm. and I think, you know, there's that whole thing. It's not it's not winning or losing. It's winning and learning. Yeah. And he didn't come away from that, you know, like, proud as punch or chuffed. And, you know, like, a lot of boxers coming in their post-match interview, post-fight, sorry, interviews, they're very much like, 
I'm the biggest and the best and I'd fight anyone and blah blah, blah. he wasn't like that he was very yeah. humble and honest and was like look like it was my best performance and he was like apologising I thought it was so cute it was kind of like a father something he was like really apologising to Eddie and Eddie was being very sound like yeah. you know um, no it's not but then Eddie was kind of stern too he was like yeah you were like you were getting outboxed by him and stuff and mm-hmm. you really shouldn't have been and it was sort of like well done kid but also like you know buckle up the boots for the next one sort of thing well these are the the positives I take from it is that like this was Eric Donovan's big big chance and despite you know the knockout and whatever I'd still say that he took it in a really weird way Um, like his career's now it's, it's still elevated you know people really didn't people know spe- who he is now especially England. across the pond you know what I mean yeah. they, they didn't really uh, they wouldn't have followed his amateur career and things like that and, and the casual fans who just you know only follow the pros and stuff uh, I like the top names yeah they'll be really impressed with him I think and I think he'll become um, a good sort of landmark as in like if you're a boxer who wants to make a name for himself or you're a top prospect and stuff or herself beating Eric what? oh sorry I didn't know what you are talking about go on ahead <laughs> uh, beating Eric would be like the way forward you know it'd be a real way to show what, what, what you've got and what you, you can do and, that, and, that, and that'll present a lot of opportunities there and the other positive that I take from it too is that it was a weight division too far for him it, it's, it would seem like I mean, he's going uh, back down like. yeah he's going to go back down um, and hopefully be a lot bigger at that you know his alpha barrette was, was visibly the bigger man I brought her wee bit taller like he just looked thicker yeah and just the stronger yeah you know and, and it showed like Eric had to be so switched on that whole fight yeah and he was like he did it all so right you know he, um, but different things shown through for him uh, and his personality as well I think you know a lot of the skate sports guys and stuff saying like everyone sort of fell in love with him with, with his interviews and, and the way he talks and presents himself and he's just he is just boxing's nice guy like actual nice guy you know I think even the fact that yeah Eddie Herman said it after he was like you know you're talking to him all week and he's such a nice guy and you just want the best for him and yeah like he's on that sort of platform now or that stage where like you don't he didn't look 35 do you know what I mean no definitely he, not he really didn't look it even even in his actual like he's not wrinkly do you know what I mean and, and, and the shots that he took you know it took three of them then in, in the end I know, to, he's for one, it to be called like he was as tough as it gets one tough cookie like and they were big Big hits, big hits, like knockout reel, you know, you'll see that again and again on Twitter, I mean, uh, those left hooks, just planted clean on the chin. It is one of those things, and I know we're going to get to this, but um, like in Frampton's fight, you know, his his opponent like sort of was like, nah, I'm checking out here, that's too much for me, but Eric Donovan, and a lot of people sort of look at that and think, you know, yeah. uh, it's sort of like, yes, you're the boxer and you're the fighter and you know when you're heart of hearts if you're taking too much but it does sort of be like oh could you not have just fought on or mm. people want to see the knockout but it's easy for us to all say sit on the sofa um, I think we were actually tweeting Sonny Edwards about that but um, Aye. yeah the fact that Eric you know I don't think Eric was ever going to give in in that sort of way I think you know he was going right until the end and he did yeah no absolutely um, and I do hope and like you know really he'll be absolutely bitterly disappointed because he's a winner mm-hmm. um, and you only need to look at the, the elite performance levels that he's reached that uh, you know, you don't get that far without having that tunnel vision and, and true, like, actual self-belief in yourself. You really saw so, the amateur, like, his sort of amateur, um, like, skills shining through, too. Like, just the way he was so, like, quick at, like, he'd go on the ropes and he'd instantly, like, roll out from the You know what I mean? Yeah, on the toes and stuff. So quick, you know you know what I mean? Like, so fast paced. Eric Lightning. Yeah. That's what they call him. <laughs> like, li- Lily White Lightning. That's yeah. a real tongue twister. It is. That tattoo is actually nuts. 
or the Two. this is the big lightning bolt on his on his uh, hip. On his torso. torso. I that's a, we were saying we were like you'll never see more tattoos than you do in a in a boxing ring. Or no, in, the in, a, in a boxing ring. in the corner of a boxing ring between the corner man. Uh, Cutsman even the, cu- the Cutsman and the boxer himself you will never see more tattoos in one little huddle <laughs> and why don't tattoo artists and tattoo parlours sponsor boxers that'd be a real they thing. really should they really should they should uh, sponsor us and this is this is coming from a guy with tattoos you know I'm all for it you're so cool like. how to get that in there cool. how to get I'm, that well I'm going to get a big massive lightning bolt up my, <laughs> my torso <laughs> that would literally your torso you're quite uh, vertically challenged so it wouldn't really have so, to be that what, big what, what, what are you trying to say does a lightning bolt need to be big yeah, well there you go. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, oh, no, that's that's Eric Donovan. I mean, he wasn't the main event on the night, but, he, you know, he was our main event. Uh, the actual main event was Felix Cashby, Jason Welburn, and it was just one of them. I don't know, I just... I. He was born well, but he didn't... Uh, I don't know what I was going for there. Well. I don't, well. Per. I just per. keep thinking of Jason Bourne from the Bourne trilogy. No, that would have been a fight. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I, I think I would have preferred that, to be fair. Uh, I don't know, they sort of built Jason Welburn up to be a real, real formidable opponent. And I know he's had like a really long career and stuff, but, you know, he moved up a weight class and they never really talked about that. Uh, yeah, he, he sort of challenged for world titles, but it was just like, I mean, did anyone really believe that he was going to beat um, Cash? Uh, I don't think they did, so it was... Felix Cash is one deadly name for a rapper, too. I, and do you know what? Uh, his physique. Well, this is that I was literally like, no, does this man literally have an inch or ounce of body fat on him and I know yes all boxers like everyone's like oh Anthony Josh looks like Adonis I've never I mean you were saying that I've never seen mm-hmm. as picture perfect a boxer like he's every... got like abs on his abs yeah you know yeah. Like, when, when he, 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 he's sitting just sort of standing about and he looks like he's totally flexed and then he does flex and you see all these beans freaking me out a wee bit it is yeah he's on that udder milk he looks photoshopped yeah <laughs> his voice as well sounds like auto-tuned he's not real He's, uh, we're in the Matrix here. He's not a real guy. He's a hologram. I was listening to his accent and I was like, you know, and I was doing research and this and I couldn't really find anything. I was like, is he Irish or is there like Irish in him or what's the crack here? He's a shamrock in his um, Instagram bio, but one weird, like his voice doesn't match his face or his We were body. trying to figure out if we care enough about him or not. Well, I tweeted him asking him what he was at like. Mm, didn't mm, tweet me back. He didn't tweet you back. No, I wanted to see, you know, like, does that man eat a burger or, you know... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he won't be short of burgers or something now, you know, after the weight cuts and stuff. But uh, very strong puncher, though. Yeah, yeah, no, a strong puncher, great boxer. Uh, I just don't think it was a real test to find out. You know, no. the idea of this whole fight camp, we're gonna we're gonna throw prospects into the deep ends, and yeah, they did like like with you know Barat and stuff. Um, and then you might have found out like, what are they really? How good are they? How good can or how far can they actually yeah. go? And it's like, did we really learn anything with Felix Cash? Well, those are defending the Commonwealth. Middleweight title. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know... I mean, it has to be done as well. Aye, I just don't aye. know what was headline stuff. Aye, exactly. And that was, I think, his second defence of it. So now it's like, right, come on, you know, move, move it on up here. Where are you going to go next? Yeah. But uh, before all of this, before all of these fights, we are not going in chronological order at all. We, can I, yeah, can we're I, like one of these weird stories, you know, the ones that start in the middle and then filter to the end and then go right to the beginning. Uh, right. Like, um... I'm trying to the author. Back to the future song. Yeah, like... <laughs> hmm. <I> maybe <laughs> well anyway can I also just point out as well we are so um, in our professional journalistic impartial opinions we are so not impartial when it comes to this podcast and our emotional relationships with uh, we give everyone a fair chance but my god we get emotionally invested in the boxers we know don't we like of course yeah like absolutely. Eric um, and Kenny Egan his, his coach oh, Kenny Egan his coach yeah I mean what a story he has and like Mark I loved hearing I had to be marked in Lop's accent 
shouting in. Yeah, the we we noticed too. the one Belfast accent just shouting from the corner. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> Go ahead, our son. There's a fine line. Well, who was it that was saying that? Was it Frampton or something? There's a fine line between just the way they said it. It was so funny. I was maybe Conlon after. There's a oh, yeah. accent in the there's a fine, There's one fine line between like where Conlon's moustache joints. Yeah, and there's a fine line between the belt line as well where Conlon enjoyed hitting. Yeah. But uh, we'll get on all of that. Still sticking to the Sky Sports show at the weekend. Sorry. Uh, we <laughs> saw Sean and Courtney have her first ever defeat. Oh, Sean's. To Rachel Ball. Who now, was on the ball? Yeah. <laughs> big balls. Balls. Golden balls. In her court. Oh, big baller. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was a good one. I think. Wait, I was a good one or yours? Shannon Court took the knee because you know, she like got that flash knocked okay, down. Okay, no, she got knocked down. Yeah, know, she geez, I'm up. just trying to like. You're being very hard on her. Um, Courtney. But you're making it sound like she know, took a knee, like she gave up. Like, oh no, I've read. Well, here in so, Furnace, what we were saying, and I think what a lot of people were saying was. Uh, Shannon actually won that fight maybe bear round. Yeah, so this is where I'm at with it. Um, watching the fight, uh, Rachel thought she was very fast, used her height well, snapping out the jab. Jesus, that height. We need yeah, to emphasize this. It was a big gap, yeah, but I thought Shannon, you know, she looked really controlled. Uh, she caught Rachel in the first round, sort of took her to the corner, wanted to keep her in the corner and got overexcited, mm-hmm. um, which ended up on her getting hit. With a sort of big left hook. I was going to say it's. I say a flash knockdown, but that sort of makes it seem like she didn't uh, feel it at all. She did go down, and she did take the count. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was dazzled a little bit, and she did well uh, to recompose herself. She's a little bit shook up, but came back out. And I'd say she run one most of the rounds after that. Maybe, maybe there's a case for one or two. Uh, going she did way. it herself though because we heard her saying to the yeah she was con- in the corner in the every corner. single time she was like did I win that round did I win that round that's did not I good win that round? I just like hmm. see when you're asking it's not good yeah. you shouldn't even be talking when you're in the corner because you should be that you know out of breath trying to compose yourself well you yourself. should be listening because he's trying to you know the trainer's trying to work on what's next what's, what's what he's trying to do uh, next. he wouldn't tell her but, but then in, in fairness to all of that I, I thought she did she did go out and she did uh, do no, enough so to, to win the fight um, it's by no means a robbery I wouldn't say like it's a disgrace or anything like that I mean Rachel did fight over I could see why a lot of the rounds were judged very very closely yeah um, I squealed I know it was when such a shock it, it was yeah. such a shock especially because like she was the home fighter she's like matchroom princess at the minute uh, with the way they're trying to build her mm-hmm. I don't mean anything that she's actually doing herself uh, but yeah. uh, you know like she she is the face of a lot of she uh, is the face well I know Katie Taylor but she is like the then she, you know, Kitty Hiller was Kitty, such Kitty an Hiller, amateur Kitty star. Kitty was brought in. Yeah, Shannon is like you know, born Built and bred in, in in matchroom. And sh- sky Shannon, sports. Shannon had kind of like an opposite direction from Kitty Taylor too, because it's like she never had any dreams of going to the Olympics. You know, wasn't a massive amateur yeah. star, just wanted to go pro. Total narrative, different narrative. Lost um, loads of weight, turned her life around, stuff like that. But so I, I'm just sort of torn to being like elated for Rachel Ball because her story's brilliant too. You know, she she was a social worker. She that is was, a social is, worker. Is, you yeah. know, she's back to work now. Um, her colleagues didn't even know and all her patients all didn't know that she I think that's yeah. hilarious like and watching, she's and watching a, that next thing you know she's on Sky Sports and, and winning as well mm-hmm. um, so and she cried and all she seems so nice it, yeah and that, that, that's life changing stuff for her now. so I assume I assume she'll get the rematch and it'll be worth you know more money and she'll be able to bargain for like a bigger cut and stack her up Rachel exactly B- build a bit of a, a, a career profile 
but um, and then I do, I do, I do feel for Shannon as well because you know, I mean, right. I just feel like if you won the fight and you and you don't get it, like that's annoying. I feel for Shannon, right? Because all week and stuff, and lately, a lot of people have been saying on social media, you know, I don't think she's all she's cracked up to be. And a few, I know a few journalists have said that too. And she hasn't really; she is still a prospect. She hasn't really got a lot of big sort of challenging tests in her fights. Mm-hmm. So I do get what people are saying. I think the whole thing it's not and it's not necessarily her fault either she is wild on social media she's wild on instagram you know she loves it um that's grand because like you know any 27 year old girl is um but yeah sky sports sort of have her as the cash cow like it's almost like there's overexposure of her that's not necessarily her fault but i do feel that's why a lot of people were like why is she being hyped up whenever you know is there is there like proof in the pudding sort of thing but i don't i do actually think she was the hardest hitter um, and more skillful than Rachel because like her, her she's so exciting to watch her, her head movement I really is like exceptional it. I love that Adam Booth style um, her head movement you know she just she makes it interesting she makes you miss by a little yeah and that's just the coolest thing to watch you know it's yeah like, you know, matrixy literally like you know inches apart a millimetre you know, you know when, when Shannon Courtney was on it and she was in some of them rounds like sharp proper yeah. sharp you know it was slip slip roll roll bang to the body up to the head um, like it was, you know, it was textbook stuff. Like, I mean, she's, she's well coached and she's always improving. And you know what? Uh, this rematch could be the best thing for her. Uh, I don't think it'll do her any real harm, this loss. No, I actually think she's been pretty pretty quiet on social media since because she's usually like the first person to come up with my answer stories. But can I just say, I really didn't like the way she stormed off and didn't do the post-fight interview. Mm. Don't think Gabby be pleased. I think it just showed her sportsmanship. Whether she thinks in her head that she lost or not, which I, I personally and a lot of people I'm seeing on social media think that she thinks that she did win. Um, I'm not sure dead on yeah. but not dead you don't storm off like yeah. after your first win um, like if first you were comp- or I pardon me yeah first loss but like even if you like even if she did completely hammer Rachel and it was it was a robbery do you know what I mean like you yeah. still you stay behind and say what you think I don't know I just didn't like it I didn't like it I thought it was like a spoilt child throwing the toys at the pram yeah and, and speaking of which because we sort of just skipped all, all of this uh who else lost during the week? Jono. Jono. King Kong, King of Kings. My God. I was so... Fell off the throne. Like, I mean, that that was... Yeah. But that is a bit dubious, is it not? It's not, not, it's not really, no, no. Because he did lose. And, and like, it's like... I mean, he is the example. Now, I mean, you can only put it down to him. And for a fair play to, to the opponent. Like, I mean, you, you got to show up when you have these opportunities. And you have to take them. And he did. But Jono, like... He has to be the prime example at the minute of someone who took his eye off the ball. Really, I mean, lockdown. Uh, you, you, you know these these fights that they have to get rid of the jitters and get rid of a uh, shakeout and things like that. Maybe too complacent. Yeah, a bit complacent and stuff. You know, and he was just thinking maybe one fight too far ahead. And it, you know what it did? It sort of like I really got it for Carl because because uh, I wanted him to get his world title chance again, and um, I thought he was excellent against Scott Quigg. Mm-hmm. You know, headlining Sky Sports and stuff like that. So now he has his, you know, he. He took two steps forward when he beat Scott, and now he's took one step back, and it's just, it's just a wee bit of a stall, and I hope he'll make his return, and which I'm sure he will. But it really set up the boxing for the weekend because it was just like, what's going to happen here? You know what? Like I mean, because it, it can be t- all taken away from you so easily, you know. And we yeah. were looking like, uh, Frampton's fight and Mike, Mike Connell or Michael Con- Mick. I, I was Mick. torn between saying Mick and Michael. Sure, so I went with Michael. Yeah. Michael Conlon. He had a nickel every time he was called Michael. You know, one. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I, I just, I did. It, maybe could it, I'm not, not that any of them lads need to kick up the ass or anything, but just I don't know from a fan's perspective, it did put a little edge on these sort of things. 
I was just like, you know, it's not. Boxing is, bo- like, this is the thing, though. Like, you know, it's not over until the final bell dings. It's not over until someone's in the, like, like what we saw with Eric Donovan. There's so many things where it's like, ah, such and such is. But th- this is also the case for people getting pulled out of the corner, too. It's like, should we pull them out of the corner, you mm. know, because they've lost every round? But sure then. No, not that I'm saying that in that case with Donovan and, and Brett, because Brett obviously was fit for it, like. Yeah. But, you know, then I'm like, but sure, there could be one flat, like, big, massive knockdown. You don't see it coming, and... That's why it's such an interesting sport and exciting Yeah, sport. that's it. I mean, like, uh, don't get me wrong, when you're fighting journeymen and things like that, like, uh, young Dennis McCann was fighting on a BT uh, show, and he was absolutely excellent. Uh, he, he was like, uh, you know, he, he looked... He was just, like lightning? Ah, uh, pure dynamite. But he, um, you know, when you when you really looked at his opponent and stuff, it was they just tried like, to oh, hide the fact he was a journeyman. You know, they didn't really ruin it much. Then it's kind of like, who cares? Like Frank Warren said, it was the performance of the whole evening, and it was just a bit like, mm, was it though? Because uh, this kid is, is brilliant. There's no denying that. But like, I mean, it's like when you're knocking a journeyman, still, uh, it does lose its flavor. Yeah. But but uh, this, this, it does bring me back. You know that like, ugh, as much as it feels like there are foregone conclusions in boxing, there isn't. Aye. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's what's happened to John O'Carroll. But this, 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 we'll move on to the BT show then. And our boy, Mr. Carl Frampton. Our boy. Yeah. Um, not going to lie, I was a wee bit worried at the start because he didn't have the the usual Frampton sparkle. Mm. And like Darren Trainer, do you know, I forgot his name at the start of the podcast. That's why I said Frampton's opponent. But Darren Trainer. Darren Trainer didn't come to play. Like Darren Trainer yeah. came to, to win. And he took that in such short notice. Yeah, I mean, look, there were so many variables. Uh, that you need to consider. So, Darren Trainer, the fight was at lightweight, so Frampton had to move up a weight. You know, and Frampton's never fought at that weight before. I think it suits him better though, because he doesn't uh, have well, to I don't make know, weight. Maybe, well, maybe one below, like, because it's very, very big, and you have to take into consideration then that Trainer um, killed himself to make that weight. So, yeah. on the day, he was a lot, lot bigger than okay, Frampton, do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and it really showed, you know, but uh, then, then Frampton was all these other things. He's like, this is just this big banana skin sitting in front of him. And at the end of it is the Holy Grail, which is the big fight for the WBO world title against Jamel Herring, hopefully in Belfast. Hopefully this year. I love Jamel Herring's response to it all too. Yeah, he was watching a bit and he was sick because he knows himself, you know, like yeah. he needs Frampton to win this. Especially, especially just because of what happened to John O'Carroll and how things can be taken away from you so quickly. Um, Frampton's opponents are always so, like... Like, his big opponents are always so sound and so likeable. It annoys me. I'm like, I want a real dick yeah. to hate. <laughs> but you always kind of like them. You're like, oh, man, you're sound. Yeah, no, that's just true. But um, Jamel uh, now just needs... He's got a fight on the 5th of September, I think. And if he wins that, then we should be all uh, going. Yeah, it. But obvious. back to the fight itself with Carl. Uh, he's got to think about all these things, too. Especially with, like, his hand injuries and things mm-hmm. of late. He's just got to get through this fight without getting injured. Yeah. Without getting caught with something silly. Mm-hmm. against a much bigger bigger opponent mm-hmm. um, he has to stop him you know just because uh, like James Townsend went out and stopped him and I think in three rounds and stuff and I'm just like and you're Carl Frampton yeah. you know the level you're at uh, I think you have to stop him but you know he's going to be really negative he's going to be tall he's going to hold you know and he's going to and, and he did he, he held a lot you know he kept trap, trapping Frampton's like uh, lead hand underneath his armpit and just pulling it. You're like he's going to dislocate his arm. I know it, it, it is always. Ooh, it gives me. What even you, happens in that scenario? Just well, referee just says break and um, and that was a game. But like, if you Fra- I thought Frampton's class. You know, it was Darren Trainer's like whole goal was to make Frampton look as bad as possible. Aye. But he could only keep it up for what was it five rounds before Frampton's class really shone through and he caught him with that body shot and what a shot it was. I mean, a real sickener yeah. right to the gut, the sternum, and you, you know. 
I was going to say there's no getting up from those, but he did get up in fairness to him, I suppose. you got to give him props there. But then he, yeah, took, he looked and he shook his head. I was uh, really surprised. I was like, did the corner tell him to like, be like, get the fuck here? Like, he took know? another shook of that and he just went, nope. Like, he just he waved, blood. waved it off himself. I've never seen that before. Now. Nah, fuck that. No no more of it, please. Um, and I don't know. Like, It looks like ah, he's quitting, whatever. And I was just like, well, look here. Is he going to win the fight? Um, he's probably... Cracked a rib or something, you know. I you don't know. Uh, he's gonna be pissing blood. Yeah, his he's kidneys. Gonna be really sore. Just because you can't see it, like. So will I go in? and then Frampton's obviously you're gonna keep on going to the body. You know, Aye, so it's just like no, forget about it. Um, call it a day. So that's that. Uh, we're delighted. You know, Carl Frampton's got his win and he's gonna move on to fight Jamel Herring. All things, you know. As, well. as long as he doesn't catch COVID for the third time. I, I think people are being right. Like, I know I say that there at the start. Like, people are being sort of harsh to you. Being like, oh, Carl wasn't really showing a sparkle until he got that, that vintage hook or whatever to the body. But at the same time, he's been out of the ring for a good while. You know, he probably wanted to warm into it and actually spend a bit of time in the rounds. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. getting back into it and being like, warm myself up, getting back into the whole techniques, getting, you know, different combos in there. Like, maybe he could have took him out earlier and he just didn't want to or he was just trying to see how he was getting on like I don't know but yeah. I do think people were maybe a bit harsh on him like oh yeah I mean you're not really going to judge him he wasn't boring put it that way that, yeah and um, someone that is boring unfortunately um, sounds savage uh, it was Mick Cullen ooh that's very harsh again but I always say that you do always say that and I always try to prove myself wrong because he's Adam Booth as well and like there's something I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is with Mike Conlon. Because um, I'm, I'm fully engaged at the start of the fight and things like that. Um, and I'm all for it. You know, the Irishman, all of that. He, he's got a grip, like, you know, he's well. He's got like personality him. and stuff. But, uh, and then he's like, oh, he's technically brilliant. Uh, his footwork's fantastic. The switching. Like, I usually love all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he he trades on the inside. You know, he's not afraid to get his scrap. And then he did get the, the stoppage in the end. So I should be... Asked, last round. I, but I should still be buzzing about that, you know. No, no, but it. like, he's... Doing the same skill sets here, Shannon Courtney, but for some reason she's just more exciting to watch. Like well, he, he's not a good finisher. Like he, you know, he should have had that boy out way earlier. Um, I put it down to be honest. I put it down purely to the opponents. Really, um, I just know nothing about them. There's nothing on the line in in, in my head. Obviously, everything's on the line. You know, that boy was tricky to fit. He was like a, a yeah. dirt, not a dirty fighter, but like messy. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't appealing. Who's trying to spoil it a lot and stuff, yeah. And there was a bit of afters after one round. It looked like something outside of uh, a Belfast pub, you know, when they just squared up and went nose to nose. It's like, I mean, they're literally already fighting. And then the bell rings to end the round and they square up to each other. Ah, uh, you what, mate? As, as, as if, like, oh, oh you want to fight? And like, then he we near, are fighting. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Colin then near put him through the ropes as well. But, like, you know, we yeah. got sneaky. And also, to be fair, if I was getting in a fight with some man outside a Belfast pub, I'd go straight for his balls as well, which is mm. what... Conlon tried to do about five or six times. Uh, you know what? A lot of them were borderline. I don't know. Um, I'm a di- only a diff- joking. A different referee would have. Um, I don't think it's like a big problem. You know, I don't think I don't no. think Conlon's like notorious for it too much. Um, but like I don't know. Like Conlon was like he was calling out. I think he's talking about going down a weight division and stuff. But you know, he was earlier on in the year. You know, when he was thinking about calling out Josh Warrington and things like that. You know, fights where it's like, oh, how how would he really do? Because all the fights he goes into, he's expected to win so far, and I think he's just a victim of that. Yeah. And um, when you put him up against someone who was like, you know, how, how will he actually do here? Or he's maybe not the favourite. Then I think we'll see the real best of him. And, I... then, and then we'll be gripped, you know, when he does all the things that he does well against what people perceive to be a better opponent. Um, we, we'll be really impressed. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I mean, 
you're out. Like if he was to outbox Josh Warrington, that would be the most impressive thing I've ever yeah. seen. You know, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying. Do you know what it is too? He needs that opportunity. Yeah, he's just so exuberant with with self confidence too, isn't he? Like you mm-hmm. don't feel like he ever. I'm sure he does. Like you don't feel like he ever gets nervous or like shows any weakness or you know is doubtful of himself. But like he, yeah, I don't know. I know what you mean. I personally just find myself. I do like watching him. I'm like, oh, it's great. You know, you've got him there. You've dazed him. But I'm like, just go in for the kill now. And then in the sort of later rounds, I was very much like, you know, find myself drifting on the phone, going through text, going through Twitter. I was like, oh my God, my attention span here. But you know, if it was more of an exciting fight, yeah, no, look, you're right about the opponents and stuff as well. It's not really, it's not really fair. He's a product of what is, is being made for him and stuff. But um, I definitely do. I, like, I'm in his favour and I'd like to see him go all the way and, and get more exciting fights. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen if he does come across Josh, Josh Warrington? Oh yeah, no, no I mean, Josh Warrington, just because he said that earlier in the year and stuff, Aye. I um, I don't think. I don't, I don't expect know. big things. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Josh we'll see, we'll some box, right? But yeah, uh, prove us wrong. But Next. no, that, that, that's sort of a, a quick summary of the boxing at the weekend and, and what a weekend it was. But this weekend, uh-huh. this weekend, it's the big one. The big one, the big, big, big one. The best women's fight I have ever seen, uh, potentially ever. You know, I mean, I, 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 I haven't heard really anyone argue against it. Uh, Taylor v. Pursun 2. So the rematch is on. A lot of people thought that Katie Taylor, myself included, although it hurts me to say it, thought that she lost that fight. Uh, I thought just about, I mean, it was so, so tight. Pursun just came out of nowhere, you know, and no one expected her to box as well as she did and, and to be as tough as she was. And she really put Kitty uh, through the trenches. Um, what what way do you think this is going to go? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Obviously, like, obviously I want Kitty to win, but I don't know. There's a part of me always loves a wee bit of an upset, like. Um, mm. Well, I think the last one was the upset. No, nah, there's, a, there's a real I, possibly. I'm staying biased. I want, I want Kitty to win, of course. There's a real po- I love yeah, Me too, obviously, but there's a real possibility it could be a draw. There's a real possibility Kitty could lose. But mm, Kitty's going to know what to expect. So everyone keeps being like, oh, Kitty will win this time because she knows what to expect. Now, I like, do realise Pursun was also in that fight and now she knows what to expect. Yeah, yeah. And how to like hone in their training and change tactics and stuff based on, you know, don't you don't play boxing, you don't play the sport, you play the fighter, do you know what I mean? And now yeah. they know what both opponents are actually like to come up against. So. The only thing is, I, I think that that uh, opportunity to reassess the fight probably does favour Katie more, just given like her vast experience in the amateur game and stuff and how, how she's such a technical fighter. Yeah. And and what pursuit was, I mean, to pursue box brilliantly, but she's really, really tough and she loved to, you know, to drag you into the dog fight and stuff. But like, I mean, Katie, she probably, it would probably suit her better with, with the reassessment and stuff. Um, and she maybe, because she definitely does have more ability. You know, if you're going as a, who's a more fluid boxer, who's more fluent, um, so and and just because of that, who who do I think will be able to prepare better, based on the first fight? I think Kitty. Um, I just wish that it was, you know, three minute rounds and for twelve rounds, but we're not going to get back into all that. No, I've talked about that because it's going to be over in a flash. You know, ten two minute rounds, it gets it's gone. I know. I am. Um, it's a bit crap as well that it's a double header to be honest because I probably think it should be a headline sort of fight on its own and yeah no I, I probably I mean it's far more interesting than, than White Pebeck and no offence to them uh, the other thing is too and like I know we sort of we touched on this the other night um, and obviously yes I am pro Katie and all the rest of it but the match room commentator just ugh, do my head and I just know they're not going to shut up and they're not going to give like Pursuit even 
an inch of a chance or if, you know what I mean here's a drinking game okay you have to take a shot every time Adam Smith says that Katie Taylor is such an advocate for women's boxing an advocate advocate I thought you said something along the lines of avocado there no an avocado if he says that you've got to take two this shots this is a great advertisement for women boxing and then he'll talk about how she was in the Olympics and all that'll get repeated about five times look here look commentating is a hard game too like I'm sure yeah yeah it's not easy I would find it hard not to swear find it hard not to swear on this podcast I definitely haven't kept that rule no definitely um, not. I'm pretty sure I swore earlier but yeah <laughs> it is it will be it, it'll be great to watch we are actually we're at a football match that night but we'll be coming straight back and watching it um, trying to get some live tweets I feel like I'm hilarious in the old Twitter nowadays my god I know I, I know that you feel that way <laughs> being Sonny Edwards big mates tweeting from his and her boxing town but yeah yeah. Oh, here we're also now on Google Podcasts. I got the note. I don't know why I took so long. Oh, got the notification earlier from Anchor, so that's another streaming platform that people can listen to us on. There you go. I mean, what what's your excuse now? Um, and we were also I was featured on BBC Sport NA's Sports Night Extra Time mm-hmm. um radio program. If anyone wants to listen to that, although I tried to plug the podcast, but I don't really think BBC impartial and taxpayer money and all that they're not allowed to advertise. But I was on it. And I did talk about the podcast, although they cropped it out. So what? And you talked about women's boxing and yeah, like women's boxing, how how well it's going, especially in Northern Ireland. I, I kind of tried to get away from the fact that like, do not get me wrong. Yes, it is the Katie Taylor effect, especially in Ireland and Northern Ireland, because you know she's from here. But I'm also like, it's not just Katie Taylor. You do you need to understand that there are other women coming through now. Mm-hmm. People like Rachel Ball, who is like just deadly because she Bibi Canelo. Yeah, Bibi Canelo. She's an amateur. Yeah, exactly. But like. Young girls, girls that are working in care and empathetic. You know, like a social worker job, like a care job that's, you know, requires you to be very empathetic and caring to people. That's a very stereotypical job associated with women because women are like, mm-hmm. you know, evolutionary ways, you know, work considered like, oh, you're the homemakers and you need to be the caring ones. But I'm like, yes, you can do that. Um, but you can also go and bit the head off a girl um, for money and be really good and skillful at it and win and get a lot of fame and fortune and yeah you can have it all you know what I mean so that's that's just a little snippet of, of Neve's uh, BBC interviews so I definitely didn't say all that in that interview like because yeah. it was like drive time video but yeah please, please go and watch it we'll share the link on our Twitter well listen to it I've only a face for the radio will I oh yes that's true that's very true you'll never see my, my take true my word face. for it um, and then moving on to the main event but not actually main event let's face it uh, White v Pavakian we'll wait yeah. and see that going Ak, you want White to do it, like, don't you? Yeah, well, I, I don't want Pavakian to do anything good in the sport of boxing. No. I mean, you know, when you're caught on the gear twice, then you just can't help but think. Then poor White had all that. Well, I never know. Well, I, I, there, there's always going to be a question mark with White, whether you like it or not. He's the preferable opponent, though. Uh, like. but, not uh, just because he's British and all that, but just genuinely the preferable opponent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no, Pavakian, I once is bad enough, people make mistakes, and then twice is just like, you know, I, I, I'm. You couldn't be more guilty, you know. Mm. Um, and yet here he is headlining an axe. So like, fool me once, really shame on you. Really, really, fool no, me so, twice, shame on me. So for that reason, I hope Dillian White sparks him out cold. I think he was a spanks. And well, whatever, yes. whatever gets the job done. I, I don't know who am I to say his methods, but uh, and then I hope, hope that well, and it's, it's supposed to be a WBC eliminator. So this will put him, I think, for the fourth time as the main contender <laughs> uh, for the WBC title. But now it's all up in the air because there's talks, right, that Fury's actually going to vacate the WBC title 
right. uh, so he doesn't have to fight White and can therefore make the Joshua fight without any mandatories, right? Right. Right? Hear me out. Then Eddie Hearn said, so that would make Dillian White the WBC champion, so Joshua will actually fight him because all Joshua wants is the belt, not Fury, to become undisputed. Do you understand where I'm going with? No, I do, but then surely Fury knows that now and is like, right, well then well, I then can't. I won't vacate the belt. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know I don't know what the crack is. What was sorry, what's the crack with the Wilder rematch too then? So uh, yeah, there, there's all of that. Um he, no, he is he is bound with the Wilder rematch. Like I mean there is a rematch clause. I don't think even think the WBC Oh, they had to be involved in it to be fair. I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird because then they do all this franchise belt shake too. But why isn't Tyson Fury then the franchise champion? Yeah. You know, like, what, what, there's no franchise in it. Not that I want there to be, but I'm just saying, going by what they believe in, apparently, and what it's supposed to represent. But he hasn't defend- He hasn't even defended it yet, so how could he be? Well, wait, well, then why wasn't Wilder even before? Wilder held it for years. Was it not 2013 he won it? Um, Undefeated. Uh, back then, obviously, they're really, they're really not good. I know, obviously, now he's put on properly in the world stage because of the likes of Fury and, and Joshua and that whole the three of them, you know, constantly fighting it. Not well, not literally fighting. We want the literally fight, but you know what I mean. But they really were never good at marketing Wilder, weren't they? Not like he should have been. His PR should have been way better from, from yeah. years well, ago. Well, it's like, not it's not the sanction body's job to do that. No, but no, at, but at like, the same time, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, very, very strange. WBC, they um, they definitely annoy me the most now. Uh, Mauricio, yeah, Mauricio Solomon, he does my tits in. He does my head in too, but for some reason I still feel like it's the best belt to have. Uh, it looks the best. The right? action, now, not all this franchise or all these intercontinental shite ones, like the actual belt. Uh, but no, I uh, see, but apparently the franchise is the actual belt. Like, I mean, they're making an R one too. Lomachenko won it against Luke Campbell, and then they upgraded it to franchise belt, which meant that his world title was then just emailed essentially to Devin Haney. Who's became world champion? <laughs> Dear Devin, here you go. Kind we, regards. We we are happy to inform you. <laughs> yeah, hope you're keeping well in my, in, amidst in, the COVID madness. In <laughs> these crazy times, I know. Honest to God, um, it is very hard. First of all, it's hard keeping up with it all. Whenever you're trying to do a boxing podcast, right? Do not get me wrong. Like I struggle with it sometimes remembering it. Oh all. yeah, it's but how hard is it? For newbies trying to become fans of the sport or trying to explain it to your mates, try to get them in it, they're just like, "Who can be bored?" Like boxing is its own worst enemy. Yeah, I mean it always has been. It's just fucking. It's a pure joke. But uh, by old boys. Regardless of all of this, I just hope White gets the fight for the WBC belt. I suppose for his sake, I don't really care who it's against, as long as he gets the fight for it. Because he's earned it. Just give him the fight for it. I know. You know, I want to see Joshua Wilder, or sorry, I want to see Joshua Fury. Um. More than anything as well, but like throw the three of them in the ring and see uh, who comes out. <laughs> like um, a chicken fight. If if provided uh White beats Pavakin, then I think he just gotta just give the man his chance. And if he loses, then you know, then you're done with it. I swear to god though, see the way things are going too. Like I have this real positive mindset where I'm like I always gonna beat him because you know karma and all that and Pavakin doesn't deserve it. But the way things have been going this week, just ever since Box came back, you know, Pavakin could win it. And Pavakin win if if Pavakin wins it, is that is that white, you know, damaged? Is that his rep tarnished even more? Oh ah, well, fighting? I mean, he wasn't meant to be a mandatory or he's done that many final eliminators for the WBC that like imagine what and he's won them all and he still hasn't got his chance, so imagine what losing one of them will do. You know, it'll put him back another ten years. I know. I know. Uh, he'll probably just go down a different avenue. Um but we'll see. Hopefully oh, then it would make like Pavakin a mandatory for the WBC and who who wants to see that? Where's Pulev? 
Pavekian. Well, that, he's the mandatory for the WBA. Aye, so he's still floating about. Yeah, so he, he wants his fight with Joshua. Aye. Pretty sure it's WBA. Yeah. Um, and then if the Usyk and Jasor fight ever gets made, whatever Aye. the crack is there, the winner of that will become the mandatory for the WBO belt, which is held by Anthony Joshua. And that has... I don't, I don't even know where they stand with the ABF belt because it's the one that usually dishing out monitors for mm. fun. So it looks like they're never going to fight. I think they just get, they should, we know the, who's champion right now. Like, I mean, we know in, in everyone's heads, like who's the top two heavyweights is Anthony Joshua and is Tyson Fury. So I think they should just ditch whatever belts for the time to get the fight. They can go and swoop them all up again, you know, because everyone's going to want to fight them. I know. Um, I just love as well, you second Chisora are both crazy bastards. Yeah. I like personally they're just nuts music dance moves two, two different kinds of nuts aye uh, mm. weirdly I'd say music looks scarier but he's think so uh, well I like when he actually look the size of him and staring at him with the gap between the teeth and the massive like Bond villain eyes got him dancing in, the, in his bonkers. Well, th- then that's what makes it so funny that's the way yeah. he looks so crazy because he's you know this really tough scary guy and then he does stuff like that I think Chisora looks like a bull that would run right through you if uh, he saw and, red and, and, and it's the fact too that like because of reputation he actually will run right through you like I mean but if he says I mean. he'll slap you at a, a press conference you know, he, he will that's, you know, that's like why I think a, he's the the fear is real because the threat is real but uh, that's what it is it's like the, the actual scariness is real it's not put on he's yeah. like I will kill you like. he is unhinged and it's brilliant yeah. Uh, so hopefully they get that on soon enough. I think I think this white be Pavekian and, and and Taylor for soon sort of thing. Uh, the idea of it being pay per view, it's 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 a feeder, uh, like a feeler. Sorry, um, for Matchroom to see, can we make money? Aye, aye, in yeah, a pay per view yeah, yeah, event. Yeah. And if they do, then they may be like, well, there's no point in holding off on these big shows anymore because they're waiting for crowds to come back. Right. We can start making them now and start. Trying to earn aye, back our money that we lost aye. during COVID and stuff, and they could put on the likes of Usyk, Chisora, and God knows, maybe, maybe uh, Joshua and Fury fight. Fury, I know. Um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting, you know, maybe in a few years time we can come back and listen to this podcast, and it'll all be done and dusted, and be like, God, do you remember back then we were speculating, uh-huh. and now you know, I don't know. Daniel Dubois, world champion of everything. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Know. Something that doesn't sound that, that doesn't sound that wild, to be fair. Um, I know. Right. Do you know what, lads? We're going out for this uh, eat out to help out scheme. So I'm ready to get ready. Yeah, boy, we're going to get steak. R- wrapping things up here. Um, we actually haven't done it yet uh, in the whole month of August. I've been cooking like an absolute mug from Mondays to Wednesdays. Tell them what I, we had last night. A fry. I no, what are you... A friner. A friner. When you have a fry up for dinner, it's a friner. Sometimes, right, you would fry up spuds because that's what makes it quite dinner-esque. No, no. English viewers, what's a spud? Potato. Potatoes. Or I don't know what ba- spuds are. Bangers and mash, I think they call it. Aye, but, I would, but not mashed potatoes, fried potatoes. Okay, sorry. But that's what really makes it dinner-esque, but uh, we didn't have any, so we just had potato bread. I bet English people don't have this either. It's such a treat. It just hits different. Potato it's bread. It's like when you have cereal in the evening as yeah. like a supper. Potato bread, pancakes, um... Bacon, sausages, eggs. Oh, okay, right. That's enough. I'm starving. Let's call right, it Right, lads, remember, uh, I didn't mean to get my wee plug there about Google Podcasts and the radio thing and before we talked about White, white and um, Quebec and I completely forgot about that. But yes, uh, remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at His and Her Boxing. Uh, leave us a wee review. We are, particularly in Apple Podcasts, uh, it really, really helps the lads out here. And um, yeah, you know, follow us, subscribe, like, share, let us know what you think and uh, have a good week and we'll see you next week bye bye